Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone and my guest today is Jessica Harrington. This podcast is focused on the people that I meet, specifically women. I like to talk to women that are doing great things in their business and personal life because one thing that I have discovered in all areas of my life is there's always one key ingredient or technique that is critical to the outcome, success, or happiness of an individual or a recipe for that matter. So um, again, I'm really excited to have Jessica on here today with us because in my industry, we are creeping up on fourth quarter. And anybody that is in the insurance business, particularly employee benefits, knows that that's what we like to call our crazy making season. And Jessica is focused on reducing stress. She is the um, owner of a business called Journey to Yourself. And with that, I am going to toss the ball to Jessica and let her introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about her background and what she does. Thanks, Nancy. So yeah, so I'm Jessica Harrington. I have my master's in public health and I got that because I wanted to educate about stress. Um, like you said, there's a common factor in a lot of our lives and a lot of us can understand the word stress. So my thought is that you know, we use it every day. What does it actually mean in your life? And so that's what I really try to do is help educate you and create the awareness around stress around you, but also create healthy habits that work for you because what works for me does not always work for you. So create that habit for yourself. I love it. Um, so journey to yourself. I, I was very attracted to the name. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I wonder how I get back to myself. Um, but I want to know, I know that's not the original name and that's not exactly where things started. So I'd love to hear about the evolution and how you got to where you are now. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. So when I first graduated, I finished my internship. It was that moment of what do I do? I started my first business called Mindfulness Matters and it worked specifically with just moms. I heard that they're most stressed out. So I was like, let me start there. So I focused on, uh, just mainly with moms and taught a lot of what I teach now. But what a lot of us do is we don't always practice what we preach. And so in the middle of all of this, growing the business, a relationship, multiple part-time jobs, everything in between, um, I burnt myself out. And I got diagnosed with a thing called chronic mono. And um, I really had to do my own self soul, soul, soul searching in the moment. And um, I realized how much I was doing for everybody else and not me. And I really had that moment of, well, who the heck is Jess and what does Jess want? And so that's kind of where a lot of this went. So I practiced a lot of what I preached, changed a little bit. And then one day, my, one of my girlfriends called me. She goes, so when are you going to start your business again? And so that's kind of was the the kick that I needed and um, yeah, journey to yourself. That is very cool. So I want to go back to start. I mean, because you would clearly at that point in your life just graduated from school and you said, okay, I'm going to help moms. How did you start connecting with them and how did you kind of kick that off? Yeah. So um, I just called a lot of my girlfriends that were already moms or new moms or anything in between. And I said, can you just get some friends together in your living room? I want to practice something and I want your input. And so that's where the master, the public health major came in. I said, here's a survey, Let, be honest and give me all the deets. And that's where I went. So I started from being at uh, my friend's house in their living room to going to libraries, to going to doctor's offices. And it kind of started to grow. And it was, it's really powerful to work with moms. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can well imagine. Um, so 
you, you touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to expand on it, um, that you, you mentioned that your background is in public health, which is kind of sort of related to stress, but kind of not. So like, how did you make, what made you want to make that leap? Yeah, so I started my career in education in the drug and alcohol field. And so that was one of the triggers to stress. I'm like, everybody's going through it. What's happening here? Um, we all need these tools. So that's kind of where it started. And when I called around colleges, because I had my bachelor's at the moment, and I said, what's my next degree? I said, I want to be in prevention. I want to educate about stress. I want to be in front of groups of people. What is that degree that I needed? And so every college said master's in public health. At that moment, did I really know what that was? No. Now that I'm in it, um, we all know it more than we actually think. It's it's everything, right? So it's just a fancy health educator. So breast cancer awareness, that's public health. Nicotine, diabetes. So you're literally just educating on a specific health factor, um, making it aware. And there's just different levels. And I'm just in the preventions part of that. I like that. Um, I also like that you mentioned um, that you were focused on um, alcohol and substance abuse. And you are absolutely right that um, those are symptoms, or I guess that's not even the right word, the term, but they're indicators of a massive amount of stress because people tend to use those as coping mechanisms when stress is high. And I would really like to hear your opinion on I mean, the last two and a half years, I don't really know how much how we could get much more stressed because of all the uncertainty and chaos and fear. I, I just like to hear your take on all of that. Yeah, for sure. First of all, knock on wood, we thought we weren't going to get stressed out more than we did. So let's all knock on wood real quick. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So going back to the drug and alcohol field, I think, like you said, it's a big coping mechanism, but if you're not an addict, and I'm air quoting here, if you're not an addict, then it's normal to go, oh, I'm going to have this glass of wine after work and things like that, right? <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, that's my way of relaxing. And listen, I have my glass of wine too. I'm not, you know, saying that it's bad, but there are healthier ways to ha handle stress, right? And I just saw a comment pop up about eating. Yes, food, yes. Right, you saw Put that. Right back okay. up there. Yeah, thank you. So it says, let's add food as a COVID mechanism too, right? There's another addiction piece to it, right? We can either, there's two ways we can go, eating too much or not eating enough at all, right? So there's so many different ways that um, they, they mentioned a few yeah. problems, right? We can all really agree on this. So there's healthy ways to hang handle stress and then there's, you know, the ways that we want to try to avoid or you know, things like that. Because again, I'm not saying. I have my ice cream too. I have my glass of wine. I'm not saying you know, to completely take it out, but what are some of the healthier ways to handle stress? And so that's kind of where that, that work in the drug and alcohol field really came from because a lot of us in that field would go home and have a glass of wine and would tell our patients not to do this. So what are we missing and why is it normal for us, but not normal for them? Um, um. I forgot your second question. There was oh, I was just talking about during this pandemic. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. As the, the levels of stress because of all the uncertainty. So I'd love to hear your take on all of that. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying not to go on a tangent. The, the no, it's, <laughs> tangents are good. We love them. <laughs> okay. I want to answer her question. So the second piece, the, the, the biggest piece about the pandemic, what happened was stress was always here. None of this is new. Mental health is not new. Stress is not new, right? These negative coping mechanisms, they're not new. They always have been around. What has happened though, is that we've been face to look at them. We've been isolated at home. So that person 
husband, significant other that we've been trying to avoid is always right there. That space, that house that was so big before is now so small. Those feelings that we are, you know, pushing down and distracting with work, with parties, with events, with everything in between are now in front of us. So awareness was super huge, but because we didn't establish healthy boundaries pre-pandemic and now we're facing with everything. And then of course, social media and everything, and then the news and all that, and then feeling isolated, not having a support system, it felt lonely. So not only are you learning more about yourself, not liking probably yourself because you're realizing how much you've pushed down, you're now lonely with this. And now you don't have the tools or know where to turn when it comes to this. Yeah, such a great point. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on um, aging and changing in the public eye. And the reason that I that it came up was, well, I'm aging in case you couldn't tell. I mean, we all are. Well, let's face it. I mean, that's the that that's the goal, right? To get older. But um, what what brought what prompted it was we now see ourselves all the time because of social media, because of, you know, Facebook throws up a picture of us from 10 years ago. And I think that's added extra layers of stress to our already stressed out brains, because we're not really sure what to do with all of that. Again, if we dial the, you know, if we, we go back 20 years, people didn't see pictures of themselves all the time. They had to open up a scrapbook if they wanted to see a picture of themselves. So I think they accepted changes a lot more than they than people are now. There's a scramble for comparing themselves to each other, comparing themselves to the person they were five years ago, three years ago, whether that be aging, whether that be weight changes, whether that be physical, job, marital. And I'd love to hear how all of that really kind of ties into the stress component. I love that because um, education is also important to equip people with these. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, it's great because what you're saying is, again, everything's in our face again. But another piece to what I teach is self-love because I truly believe self-love and stress management go hand in hand. And I'll tell you why, because the way we perceive ourselves is how we're teaching others to love us, right? So basically, I set the standards for how others treat me. But if I don't love myself, that relationship's not going to be happy. That job's not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy, right? So I have to start within, and that's really hard. Because it is. We do, right? Because we look to others for validation. We look to others to make us happy. Again, going back to significant other, because it's really easy to use this example. We go to our significant other going, I want you to make me happy. Do this because it makes me happy. But we don't always say a specific thing. This makes me happy. Do this. When you help me with the dishes, that makes me happy. Right? When we sit outside with a cup of coffee, that makes me happy. But for me to know and actually really know that these things make me happy, I need to spend time with myself. I need to spend healthy time with myself. And what does that look like? Because again, I could tell you, I love reading. I can sit up for hours reading, but a lot of people go, please don't ever bring me to Barnes and Nobles. I do not want to be in there. So what is it that makes you happy on a daily basis? Because when we learn more about ourselves, we are then able to communicate to others our wants and needs. Uh 
bravo, amen, and all the kudos on that. Um, that is that is uh, spot on, and I, I love how you phrase that. It really does put a, a really good perspective on it. Um, I think we all know that we always say your partner can't read your mind. You have to tell them what you need, but that's true of your friends. It's true of your children. It's true of your parents. It's true of your coworkers. The more we know ourselves, our journey to ourselves, uh, the more we are comfortable with that and expressing, this is what I need. And I like that you really quantified that because I, not just, I want you to do the dishes because I want to, I, I want to see you do dishes. I want you to do the dishes because it makes me happy. That's yeah. something that helps our relationship and that makes me happy. And I think that really putting words to those things is super important. No, it's it's absolutely, it's, it's so true because putting words to it is really important. I love that you brought that up because this could even be brought up in arguments, which we have, right? We're not always going to see eye to eye. When stress is involved, when I come home, maybe a little bit bickering, things happen. But when I'm able to say, you know, this makes me frustrated when it's frustrating when, um, again, we could just use the dishes because it's easy, right? It's frustrating when, you know, I cooked and I need help with the dishes. So it's, I need help with the dishes. It makes me feel that you're, you respect that I cooked a really great meal. Yes. Right. Even if it was frozen pizza, I don't care. It's just the fact that I did something after I worked all day and you worked all day. And this is the way that we compromise. But again, that might not work for you. I'm just giving examples because some people are like, listen, that's my kitchen. Stay out of it. Right. So <laughs> well, no, no, your, your points are very well taken. And I'm going to pop this comment back up here, expressing our needs and our truth. I mean, that's really what it boils down to in whatever area of your life you're in. And yes. I, I think that as a society, we're not very good at that. No. And they, that really goes back to that. When are you spending time with just you? And what does that look like? Right. And so, again, we can go through different things and it could be reading. It could be going for walks. It could be journaling. It could be listening to music. It could be it could be watching a cheesy movie. Right. But it's finding those things that do work for you and do make you happy. But it has to be you have to figure that out. No one can tell you. You can't find that on Google. What makes me happy? Right. That's going to have to all be within you, because, again, I can tell you all the things that make me happy but it's not going to, they might not work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So Jess also has a podcast um, called stress less with Jess. I mean, what a name. I actually, it says stress less with me, comma Jess, but I just, I just like stress less with Jess. It sounds so great. Um, and one of the things that you focus on in your podcast, which I think was super cool because I wouldn't listen to a couple of them is you talked about common situations in life that cause people stress. And the one I happened to listen to was great because it was on getting alone. And as I was listening to this, I felt like I was getting stressed because I have no issues getting alone, but I'm always afraid the little gremlin in the, my head is going to say something happened. So you, something terrible you don't know about and you're going to, you're not going to be approved. And so I would imagine that I know that I have my ducks in a row. I know that my credit's good. I know it should never be a problem, but I still get stressed so what brought the idea about of talking to different professionals in different areas to talk about how stress plays into those different avenues and environments? So two seconds, I won't go on a tangent, I promise. But yeah, so the first thing is we were taught, and I don't know if you heard the saying, but I know a lot of us have, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yes. 
So as nice, and I, I think the person that said it, you know, wanted just really in the sense of like, hey, be calm. It's okay. You'll be prepared. But what we're doing is that we're thinking about the worst the whole time, right? So this is a small tangent. Put that to the side. We can play with that one later. But in the sense of the podcast, what it, I kind of happened on its own. You know, I started my season with focusing on hobbies because I really believe hobbies and stress go in hand in hand and relieving stress. But I had a couple of business owners start emailing me saying they want to be on the podcast, talk about what they do because they feel like they can help my clientele. And so talking to them, realizing, yes, we're, we're all, all out there trying to solve a problem, right? And so it alone might be, I don't want to say a problem, but a trigger for you, right? So having to listen to somebody that can kind of step through the progress and teach you saying, these are common stressors. These are things that, you know, might be the woes for you here's what you can do, right? So, and being able to have that kind of HUD, a place for you guys to kind of just go and say, okay, this is the thing I need to know more about this for me, right. contact, things like that. But we're all out there trying to help people. And I think that was kind of my biggest goal too, is that there is a lot of negativity out there, but kind of showing the good that we're all just trying to help to support one another. Well, in my business, um, we provide employee benefits. We work with med with healthcare, with medical insurance. And when people have claims, it can be in extraordinarily stressful and they don't know where to go or who to talk to. And they feel stuck because all of a sudden there's this bill. They don't know what to do about it. They're afraid to call somebody because they don't want to appear stupid. I think that's a common actually contributor to a lot of people's stress is they're afraid of actually exposing themselves and making themselves vulnerable and asking for help. Do you see that? Oh my goodness. Yes. And super easy plug. Brene Brown, she talks about vulnerability all the time. Right. But you said something there too. A lot of us don't look stupid. And so if we are telling ourselves going back to that self-talk self-love, if I'm telling myself when I bump my knee into the desk or when I stumbled over a word over this podcast, I'm like, Oh, Jess, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. Oh my God. They're not going to want to listen to you. You're so stupid. The rest of the day, I'm going to look for validation. So if I'm calling the claim officer or I'm calling, you know, the electrician company, I'm going to look, look for ways for them to validate me. Oh, I'm stuttering. Yep. There it is. They think I'm stupid. Oh, if they pause in the conversation, they think I'm stupid. They ask me a question and they know I'm stupid. So I'm going to look for validations. If I start to tell myself that I'm strong, I'm independent, uh, I, I know what I'm looking for. I know I can try to find the answers. I'm going to look for that validation. So what validation are you looking for throughout the day? That's, I, I had not heard that before. And I love that. I'm going to remember that. So look for the because you're going to prove yourself right, no matter what your opinion is. Yeah. So if you think yourself yeah. right. Yeah. But prove yourself right in a positive way instead of a negative way. Exactly. You know, and you know, it's kind of um, if someone else would have called me stupid, that one teacher me when I was growing up, and I'm just, nothing against teachers. I love teachers. Seriously. I, I, I love teaching. But maybe there was that person in our life that maybe said that we weren't going to make it. Well, what do we do? We try to prove them wrong. When you were told you couldn't do a problem or you weren't going to win the game, you try to prove them wrong when we were growing up. We lost that along the way. You're right. You're right. That's um it's really good advice. Okay. So can you share a couple, like, I mean, you think you've already done a few of them, but I'm going to ask for more anyway, because that's just who, how I, this right. is how I roll. I'm going to ask for more. Uh, so can, can you share a few simple techniques for people to help 
reduce stress throughout the day because we all encounter stress on a daily basis. And if there was just one or two little techniques that could help us help take us out of that cycle, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. So I'll do my big ones. So first I'll start with communications. I feel like we really hit that. So I'll kind of nutshell that one. So communication start. So the first one I always say is avoid using the words always and never. You never listen to me. You're always too busy for me. Always, 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 right? Never, never, never. And what happens is then we become defensive. That person becomes defensive. And now we're doing the, the win or resolve argument. And we've all been there where we need to win the argument instead of resolving it, right? So avoid using the words always and never. That's one. Going back to that self-love, self-talk piece, what does one to five minutes a day with just you look like? Just one to five minutes. Is it reading a page from that book that's been on your nightstand? Is it sitting outside with a cup of coffee and drinking it while it's still hot? Not re-microwaving it, not looking around the house, not going, oh my God, thank God it's in a thermos because I it was going to be cold. Drinking the coffee while it's still hot. And then the third one while we do breathing, I think breathing is, um, is used a lot, but what does it actually look like? So I always talk about belly breathing because even during this conversation, I'm a super fast talker. I get really excited and really passionate about what I talk about. So I have, when you're speaking, I have to practice my belly breathing. You had no idea I was doing it. No no idea that I'm, I'm not sitting here going, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Right. I'm just making sure I'm checking in with myself. So I always suggest just practicing belly breathing. All you're doing is making a Santa belly, a beach ball belly, uh, a whatever kind of belly you want, a, a, just a big round belly, just pushing it in there and releasing. Practice that piece. You can become a professionist later, but in the beginning, all I'm asking you to do is just breathe through your belly and how you're doing it is just enlarging that belly. Again, even if you're in the office, someone next to you isn't looking at, it's not as, it doesn't have to be that pronounced is basically what I'm trying to say. Just taking that breath, it does really, really help. It kind of just does that self check-in for yourself. I love that tip. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> um, so it, it, with regards to your first tip that you gave um, about looking for resolution instead of being right. I've, I've heard a saying a long time ago and it's always stuck with me. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Sometimes we get so caught up in winning that we forget what we actually wanted in the first place. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's um, you want to be the bigger person, right? Maybe it's power, maybe it's control. Maybe it's not looking dumb. Uh, there's so many different reasons that one would do it. But like you said, where does it get me? Right. You know, a lot of the times it, we never bring that conversation up again. And so now it's just stuffed down. And then months later, years later, it blows up in our face. We're like, well, I can never talk about the laundry because we always get in arguments. It's like, when's the last time we got an argument about the laundry? You know, but it was something that was put in our mind many years ago. And so now it just sits with us. Yeah. That's great. Um, so what do you think is the number one contributor to stress in most people's lives and why? Oh, I would say so many things are coming to my mind right now. 
I, <laughs> there's, there's a couple in my mind. So I'll say a couple. I would say one would be, we're trying to do it all. But what we're not trying to do is take care of ourselves. So I would say that's the biggest one. So we're doing a lot for everybody, but not us, not ourselves. We're there for a caretaker, for our parents, our kids, the jobs, the house, everything. But when it comes to us, we put ourselves in the back burner. I would say for me and what I know, that is probably the, the top contributor for sure, is not taking care of ourselves. I think I fall squarely into that uh, category. Um, so I... I definitely have a, I've definitely had that experience in, in my life, um, especially when you have, uh, you run a business, you have parents that are aging and other people that rely on you, you tend to, you tend to put yourself last. And we always say you can't take care of others unless you take care of yourself. Again, it's easy to say the words. It's not as easy to actually practice that. No, you're absolutely right. So I always try to put in this perception. I think it helps a little bit. When you're sitting at the dinner table, like I said, you're a business owner, family, everything in, in between, and your significant other or your kids are telling them about their day, how often are you really paying attention? Right? When they're telling you about their woes or telling you about their wins, how often are you able to fully focus on the conversation and go, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Or when you're at their soccer game, their basketball game, and you're there physically, but your mind is racing on your to-do list and everything in between, and they make the soccer goal or they blocked, and they're so proud of yourselves. And again, you're physically watching, but you didn't comprehend it because your brain is everywhere else. Right, right. Very, very good points. Um, things for me to think about. I'm sure things for a lot of people to think about. <coughs> Excuse me. You're very passionate about giving back to, which is, again, all over your website. You're very um, involved and committed. And I noticed that one of the one of your main passions was suicide prevention, which I love um, as someone who has had many, unfortunately, many suicides in our family. Um, I know how devastating that can be to everybody. But I would love to hear more about your involvement in that and why that's so special to you. Yeah, so... You know, I personally didn't have someone die by suicide, but I had a friend who's, who had a family member. And so I don't share her story, but she is super close to me and I know how she handled it. But I also know, you know, I grew up in a drug and alcohol family. Um, I had a significant others with it. And my I myself was at a low point. And I've seen people at their lowest. And I not that I've ever attempted it myself or any of those things, but I, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I've seen people so low that they thought that was the only option. And, and it's not, it's not. And to see somebody you care about think that low of themselves and not believe in themselves and just want that extra hand and not have it and not think they have it, not think they have it, not think they have the support, not think they have the love. It's hard because you think you're doing all the right things to be there for them. And you probably, and you are, by the way, this is not anybody else's you know, fault or whatever, but seeing people you care about at that point, and it's not talked about. Like you said, you've seen it. 
I've seen it. We could have had coffee together. We could have had a glass of wine tonight and it wouldn't have never been brought up, which is fine. There's time and place for things. But a lot of times it's not brought up because we don't talk about mental health. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, uh, fortunately, mental health has become a much more acceptable conversation as a result of these last couple of years. I mean, you're always looking for the positive that's come out of all the chaos, but uh, mental health is becoming a much more normalized conversation. And people are now looking at it as not something's wrong with them, but ways to improve their lives with a healthier perspective on their own mental and physical health and incorporating it into the entire well-being conversation. Yeah. Okay, we made it to the fun part of the show, my five burning questions. So I hope you are ready. I'm ready. Let's hear it. Okay. Everybody gets this one no matter what. What okay. is your favorite food and can you cook it? So I love cooking. My favorite food is mac and cheese. Um, do I cook it for sure? Have I bought better ones? Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, good answer. Good answer. So what's the one character trait that you admire most in other people and why? Oh, first thought that comes is loyalty. Just being supportive, just being there for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, but if I flip the mirror on you and I say, what's the character trait in yourself that you're most proud of and why, what would that be? <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I would say empathy. Yeah. I love being there for others. I love, you know, not judging and just saying, Hey, what you got? Let's listen. That's awesome. Okay. So if money and time were not obstacles, What's the one thing on your bucket list that you would most like to do? You need, no, you don't you have to use the term bucket list, but everybody has kind of their, their dream list. Let's call it that. Uh, what would you most like to do and why? So the first thing is I've seen my grandma. My grandma and my um, grandparents, they retired down in South Carolina, which I'm in Philly. So it's not super, super far, but, you know, the past couple of years. So being able to spend time with them, doing whatever they wanted is always my first thing I always want to do. So that for sure. Um, and I've always wanted to do a road trip. I love camping and go to a national park. So I'm always up for that. Oh, that's a good answer. So here's a fun one. What's your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? It's, it's my funny talent. I'm really good at getting lost. I'm not really good at directions. I don't know if it's like a talent. I mean, I think it's a talent because they, I mean, a lot of people make fun of me for it. Um, lovingly. But um, I would say that, um, trying to think, I'm going to go with that for a little bit. And I, you know what? I can read a lot. I can really read a lot. Like I'm, I can, books can just be out. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm okay driving, not getting lost. But if you put me in a mall, I have no idea what direction I'm headed. I don't know what it is about that. My husband would always just come behind me and turn me the other way. He's like, you have no idea where you're going, do you? And I'm like, no. So, I don't know. Um, okay, last question. Who is the one person, famous or otherwise, that you would most love to sit down, have a cup of coffee, a glass of wine with, and just have a really great conversation? Um, so I, my first person would probably be Simon Sinek. I've been watching him for a couple of years now. Um, Again, one of the people that kind of got me on the bandwagon of, I can do this. My passion's a real passion. It's not something made up. So I definitely would be uh, one for him for sure. Um, and then obviously Brene Brown. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to sit down? Obviously, right? I mean, you feel like you have to throw that in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, if people want to learn more about your program um, or listen to your podcast, what's the best way for them to find that information and get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. So everything is on my website, uh, journeytoyourself.net. The, the fundraiser for the suicide prevention awareness is on there. My, all my podcasts that I've been on or I, my current episodes are all on that website. And even the contact information is all on there as well. And um, just to take it one step further, what kind of services do you offer to either individuals, businesses, et cetera? So we have clarity on that as well. Yes, of course. So I do individual coaching. Um, so I work with you on a one-on-one basis. We talk about the stressors that are in your life, and we talk about how to make those healthy habits that work for you in your life. And then the second piece to my business, along with speaking, I work with corporations um, and educate their employees. Same thing, stress management, communication, time management, either um one-on-one with employees or providing monthly workshops. Amazing. Amazing. Well, this has been such a fun podcast. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on. I, I don't really know what I just said there. I was supposed to be Jessica. It came out like Jessifer or something. So sorry about that. Oh, God, this uh, like <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, this was very informative, um, very enjoyable. I know I personally learned a lot and I'm sure that my audience did as well. So thank you so much. And everyone else, I will see you next week. Thank you.